Hello and welcome to the Mindful in Minutes podcast, a guided meditations podcast brought to you by Yoga for You. I'm Kelly, and today I'll be leading you through your meditation. So go ahead and get comfortable, settle in, and enjoy your meditation practice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Mindful in Minutes podcast. So as the title suggests, I am sharing some lessons learned and changes that have happened just within me since I became a mother. And I just felt like this was a just timely episode because Mother's Day is coming up this weekend, but also I have been a mother now for one and a half years, give or take a couple of months. And I feel like there's just, I just feel like recently I gained enough space where I was able to kind of, you know, use some hindsight and just look at how like I've changed since becoming a mother and just some of the biggest lessons that I've learned over the past year and half of my life. And I want to just, you know, two disclaimers um, right off the bat. Number one, if hearing me talk about motherhood um, or my child or this journey or pregnancy or Mother's Day or anything like that, if that is not going to serve you or make you feel good or potentially make you feel sad or trigger anything, please skip it. It is so not worth it. And I I always want you to feel better after joining me. I never want you to feel worse. And so this is just, you know, I will be talking a lot about motherhood and and pork chop and things in this episode and, you know, my changes and things like that. And so if that's just not going to make you feel good right now, please skip it. Just wait until Sunday's meditation. Um, it will be a meditation to help alleviate guilt. And I will only mention motherhood, or I think I just mentioned Mother's Day like once at the very beginning. So you can just skip that intro part, which I think a lot of you do anyways. So I just want to put off the bat, like just if this isn't going to feel good to you, don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. So not worth it. My second disclaimer is And this will lead to like the first lesson that I really learned. But I ask that any, you know, feedback or um, comments that you have about after listening to this about me as a mother or my child, that you keep that to yourself. I have chosen to keep a lot of just what my journey as a mother and, you know, pork chop and a lot of that private. I will continue to keep a lot of it private. I totally acknowledge that I'm putting it out here now. I just, I recognize that everyone parents a little bit different. Everyone does things a little bit different. Like we're all just doing the best that we can with our children, with our families, and we're just doing the best we can with what we have. So I just ask that, you know, if you find yourself being like, oh, you know, I would never do that with my child. Or, you know, if you want to say something that's not particularly kind about me me as a mother or as my child, I just, you know, ask that you find it in your heart to just keep that to yourself instead of sending it my way for this particular topic. I do not think that that will be an issue whatsoever because this community is beautiful and loving and supportive and so, 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 so kind. So I know that won't be an issue whatsoever. Um... But I just want to put, like, I guess that boundary at the top that if you are wanting to say something that is not so nice about me as a mother or as my child, um, that would hurt me. And so I would appreciate that you keep that particular thought to yourself. Anything else you guys are more than welcome to comment on. But that particular thing, and this is going to lead right into, like, my first lesson. But I think that just in general, I think we should kind of just keep that, like, a little bit off limits. Like, let's just keep people as parents, 
you know, and like people's children, like, let's just keep them. Um, and just feel like that should kind of be off the table. That's a little bit of a low blow, just my personal opinion. Um, so I just ask that you do that for me and I would appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really it. I also, I've decided I want to breathe a little more life into Meditation Mama. And Meditation Mama, for those of you that are new, are it's my second podcast. It started as limited release while I was pregnant with pork chop. It is prenatal and postpartum meditations. I'm going to be adding more. I think I'm going to do about two a month. And there will still be some prenatal and postpartum ones, but also I'm going to be putting some motherhood in general. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to listen to some meditations that are written by a mother for a mother, I'll link to it. It's called Meditation Mama. Um, go over and subscribe to that feed as well, and you'll get some more meditations that are like mom specific. So with all of that, um, I think we should just, let's just dive in. Let's just dive in. I think, you know, it took me a year and a half to really feel like I was ready to just share some of this. I think when I was in the thick of it, like when Pork Chop was little, little, I just didn't, you know, I wanted to keep it private. I did keep it private. And it's only until recently that I feel like I want to just share a little bit of that experience with all of you and also to like normalize a few things. And yeah, so let's just dive right in. Let's just dive right in. Lesson number one, I think one of the biggest lessons learned from not only motherhood, like pregnancy in general, is that your words have power and you never know what is happening inside of someone. So I now have become so much more aware of how little comments that I can make could potentially be harmful to people. And this is definitely something that I wish I was more aware of before I was a mother. And, you know, but the universe, you know, gave me what I needed to teach this lesson or I'm sorry, to learn this lesson. And, you know, I I'd never really considered myself like a judgmental person by any means, especially when it comes to like mothers or parents. And... I guess I never really realized just how much judgment and also unrealistic expectations that we put on our mothers. And that makes me feel really sad. It's almost like the moment that you get pregnant or that people, you know, can see your baby bump. It's like that gives them a free pass to give you a lot of opinions about what to do with your body or your baby or your family or, you know, make comments or judge choices that you're making with your life or with your family. And although I do think a lot of these people mostly have the best of intentions, it can hurt so deeply sometimes. And these little like offhanded comments, um, they may be like little to you or, you know, little to me, but they could be like huge and really hurt and stick with someone else. And and this just really kind of stuck with me um, after I became a mother. There are two particular instances when pork chop was like young young like an infant and the first was just right from the get-go um there was just a couple of things that just were going on um that made it so that pork chop never latched so he um so I exclusively pumped for quite a while and you know and then he was bottle fed my breast milk and the reason I promised this whole episode would not just be about my boobs but I wanted to say that because I didn't like well, I'll talk about the other one too, because they kind of, I had similar feelings about the other one was, um, pork chop had one of those like little orthotic helmets. And let me tell you that this little man rocked his signature blue orthotic helmet. Like I've no, he should be a little baby helmet model because he was freaking adorable. So it turns out that he potentially was just a little too cozy with my pelvis in the womb. And so he came out and had a little flat spot, a little dent. 
And so he rocked his helmet for a few months, and now he has this beautifully sculpted round head. And he, you know, there were a couple of things going on, and one thing led to another. And anyways, he was unable to latch, and I tried everything to try to get him to latch, and it just wasn't in the cards for us. And when I tell you that I beat myself up about this and I felt so much guilt for the fact that, you know, I felt like, you know, I couldn't quote like breastfeed my baby, even though like anyone who's listening, and honestly, this is part of the reason why I wanted to share some of this stuff is that I feel like we just don't like, I just want to normalize some of this. It's like, okay, you like, even if you're exclusively pumping, like that is breastfeeding. Like if you are formula feeding, like however you are choosing to feed your baby, that's great. And that's perfect. And your baby is fed and you love them. And it is also, you know, it's not your fault if your breastfeeding journey is not going the way that you would have hoped. And, you know, that I'm sending you a hug, that's really hard. And that's one of those things where I feel like we just put so many unrealistic expectations on women right away. And kind of like a little... I don't know, a little catchphrase that I have started in my own mind is my baby, my boobs, my problem. And what that means to me is, you know, just just you do you and I'll do me. And this is my baby. This is my boobs. This is my problem. Um, and I'll do what feels right to me. And I will trust that with your baby, your boobs, your problem that you'll do what's best for you. And like, that's okay. And so sometimes even if it's not like baby related, I'll just think, well, hey, you know, my baby, my boobs, my problem or your baby, your boobs, your problem. And I just think that, you know, and and we tried, I mean, we really tried everything for breastfeeding and it just, it was so hard on both of us. And I don't want to get into, you know, totally into the weeds. But the biggest thing here was like, I, one, I felt so much guilt. I was so guilty and so hard on myself from the get-go. Like I was 100% the hardest on myself about this. But there definitely, you know, there are a lot of external factors and judgments and comments and things that just really maybe to that individual, you know, those people, it didn't seem like that big of a deal. But like, oh, for me, it's just like I just took it and I just held on to it and it felt really heavy to carry. And it was something that, you know, I had to like work through. And, you know, same with the helmets. It's a common misconception that like babies that are neglected have to wear the orthotic helmets, which is not true. Um, But hearing a stranger say, you know, ask if I neglected my child um, and is that why he had the helmet, um, you know, or or ask if, you know, my baby has like seizures or like, oh, what's wrong with my baby and those kind of things. And it's like, one, nothing's wrong. Like nothing is wrong with him. I firmly believe that there's, there's nothing wrong with a child, period. Like I don't really like, I don't like that language of like there's something wrong there is there is never anything wrong like children are beautiful and good and pure and even if children are not your cup of tea like I feel like the essence and soul of a child is like good there's not anything wrong with them and just here you know these little comments like people were all meaning they were curious you know what's going on with the helmet things like that and you know again I carried so much guilt with this and like was it really my fault that he liked to use my pelvis as a pillow no, no, that wasn't my fault. Like that definitely was, you know, whatever. I don't know. I can't speak for how comfortable my pelvis is, but apparently he really liked it. Gave him a little dent in his head. And now in hindsight, because that's like almost a year removed now, like, oh my gosh, I just carried so much. I carried so much of that. And, and I think this lesson that I learned is twofold is one, like 
little things to you may be a huge thing to someone else. Like you never know what's going on inside of someone. And so I personally have just really been trying to be more intentional with my words and also just like anytime I see a mom, I just try to I'm just like, oh, like, you know, your baby looks so happy. Like, oh, your baby looks so loved. Or like, I don't know, just like open the door for her. Like just do anything. Like she she probably or any parent, they probably have enough on their plate. Um, and there's never anything, quote, wrong with a child. And, you know, that's just something that I've really shifted, not shifted my perspective on, but it's just, it's, I feel really passionate about it now. Um, so that is definitely, you know, a big thing. And, and I just, I want to normalize that a little bit. Like if anyone's listening and their babies had helmets or their babies didn't latch and like you've carried on that guilt, something that my therapist and I talked a lot about and I will say a big shout out, as you guys know, I love therapy, but I, after Porkchop was born, I worked with a postpartum specialist. Like she's a therapist that specializes in postpartum and the transition into motherhood, which was wonderful and exactly what I needed. And I felt very fortunate that I was able to find that resource. And she told me a lot. She'd always tell me, she'd say, Kelly, is that a thought or is that a truth? And being able to look at things, you know, being like, oh, am I really a bad mom because you know, my baby has a helmet because he used my pelvis as a pillow. No, that's a thought. That's not a truth. That's not a truth. And it really helped me, you know, two things. My, you know, when I say, well, you know, my, my baby, my boob, my problem. And is that a thought? Is that a truth? Like that's really helped me reframe this a little bit and be like, no, that's just a thought. It's not, it's not really true. And so one of my biggest lessons that I've learned is just like, anything you know my words have so much power and I think a lot about how I want people to feel after they interact with me like I want you know to be a forklift for people and I want them to feel good um and not feel worse after interacting with me and so I'm trying to do the best that I can with that of course I'm still human um but yeah and so I just really try to make sure I'm not giving any like unsolicited advice or feedback or you know negativity and just remember you know their baby their boob their problem and vice versa um but yeah and I, I just want to say too like I really struggled with a lot of guilt and if you are struggling with that too you're absolutely not alone and my other little lesson from this we'll call it like lesson 1.5 because it's connected so on the flip side your words have power and things that are you know small to you maybe huge to someone that also on the flip side like something that is so small and kind just like a little kind thing that you do for someone like that just might be like two seconds of your life and that could be like someone's whole week or whole month I think about you know there's just a handful of times like a stranger just did something really kind to me for no reason like right in the thick of when I was struggling with just guilt and not you know feeling good enough or you know one that like just that little thing of like you know you take and it's like always in Target, maybe for me, but it's like always in Target. I've had some of my worst experiences with humans in Target and some of my best experiences with humans in Target. So I don't know what that says about me or Target. But, you know, like that one, like, yeah, your kid's having a meltdown or, you know, is being loud or whatever. And it just takes like that one person to just be like, you're doing amazing. Or like, look, or like, oh my gosh, look at how, you know, your child is so spunky. Like I love their, you know, zest was someone said something like along those lines to me. And like, and that just like that, like that one little thing of them just being like, oh my gosh, that pork chop, like he's so zesty. But like that, just having one person just say something like that, like just, it was everything to me. And that like gave me like life in those moments where I just was so just 
swirling the bowl of negative self-talk and struggling and all of that. And and so not only am I trying to be more intentional with how I speak to people and the way I interact with people, but re- remembering that just like little kind things, like it might take me two seconds and that could mean like everything to someone. Like there, I just, one time I was at a coffee shop and Porkchop was there and he's eating a little snack and I was having some coffee and then we were getting ready to go and I was about to bust my table and there was just this one like gentleman next to me and he, and he was just like, he was like, oh, like, you know, ma'am. And for a second I was going to be like, oh, no, what was he going to say? He was like, hey, like, don't, he was like, please don't worry about your stuff. Like, I, I'll take care of it for you. And I was like, oh, don't worry about it. He's like, no, no, I have two kids at home and I know exactly how you're feeling and like juggling a kid. And like the last thing you need to worry about is, you know, busting your table. Like, I'd be happy to take them. And that was so, like, even saying, like, I get goosebumps, like, that was just so nice. And that was so kind. And, like, that just really inspired me to want to do that for more people. And, like, you never know. And, like, it was just a really rough day and I was tired and all that. And, like, just that one person just being like, you know, like, you're, you know, you have a lot on your plate. Let me just, you know, physically take care of this plate for you. And that was just so kind. And it, like, and still, obviously, this day, like, I get goosebumps saying it. And that was so long ago. And, like, that's so meaningful. And so that's something that I really want to focus on. Like going forward, it's also something I really want to instill in pork chop as well is that how much power your words and your actions can have on other human beings and how those interactions have the opportunity to make someone feel better about themselves or potentially worse about themselves and just being you know cognizant of that. A lesson number two is that it is okay to feel deeply. Now, I don't know if anyone else has experienced this just in life in general I only know this through the context of like becoming a mother but oh my gosh I feel so much more deeply than I did before like things that I used to watch all the time that was just like no big deal like now I get like really emotional and like I love bigger I cry bigger like I feel more obviously I feel more for others I just almost got emotional talking about this nice man who took my plate for me but like I just I feel so much more and I'm kind of intrigued. I want to do some research into this because I wonder if there's actually something that happens like neurologically in your brain that makes you just like feel more after you have a child. But I just sometimes I feel like a lot almost to the point where it can be like comical, but also like funny things are funnier, like sad things are sadder. Like I just, you know, love is even greater and I just feel so much more. And, you know, I... I've also started seeing like everyone as a child, like someone's child, and I just want to like love them the way that I would hope that, you know, my child would be loved and accepted by others. And, and like, it's, it's, I just really learned that like, it's okay to like feel deeply and to have feelings and to have emotions and to like feel sad and it's okay to not be okay. And you don't always have to have this like, you know, stiff upper lip and like, you know, just pretend like everything's good and fine because sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not good and it's not fine. And I think it's important to tap into how you're feeling and not try to just like push it down all the time. But also, you know, then you can like ask for help or you can talk to someone about it. And it's just it's okay to feel and to feel deeply. And and that's just something that I really recognized as a change in myself is that I just I feel more. And I think at first I judged that, but now I embrace it. And I think it's something that, um, you know, can be tricky to navigate at times, but also can be kind of beautiful. So that is the second lesson that I learned. And the third is to love others is to also love yourself. So my ability to love myself, well, 
it has increased. I promise it has increased, even though I just talked about how I was, you know, swirling the bowl of like self-loathing because of my breastfeeding journey and my child's helmet. But this is all like a journey. This is why I think I haven't like it's just the last year and a half has been so just kind of like up and down and up and down, up and down, just so much going on, right? Overall, though, I I feel like my capacity and my ability to love myself has increased. And part Really, it's because a part of me now lives outside of my body, and I love it unconditionally. And I think I, I'm pretty positive I've talked about this before, mentioned it before on the podcast, but one of the biggest, like, aha, like, breakthrough, like, eye-opening moments that I ever had was when Porkchop was, like, really little. I was rocking him, and, you know, I just, I was really thick and, like, self-loathing and guilt and definitely some postpartum depression and really, really struggling with my body and how it had changed, how it was feeling, and how it was different. And I was rocking him, and he was sleeping, and I was just looking at his sweet little, you know, angel baby face, and it just, I don't it just hit me, like, just, I don't know, like a yoga block to the face, it just hit me, and it was like, okay, wait a minute, like, he is half of me, so how can I have this total just, like, self-loathing and, like, negative self-talk and all of this, but have just complete unconditional love for him when he was made from me. And there is something about seeing him and being like, well, it's not like I just look at him and say, oh, well, I love the parts of you that came from your dad and I hate the parts of you that came from me. Like, no, I just, I have this unconditional love for him, but he comes from me. So how can I love him, but have this like guilt and this negative self-talk and this self-loathing for me? And it just, for whatever reason, that just totally shifted my perspective on the way that I loved myself and the way that I allowed myself to love me and who I was. And I've just really shifted my perspective on that. And I think it, in a way it helped me to really start loving myself more and to have this greater capacity for self-love. Although still definitely like mom guilt, all the things, all of that still totally like is definitely a really real thing. But I think my ability to love myself, but also to have some more self-compassion has increased because I not only recognize like, well, to love other people is also to love yourself. But I also, you know, there's so many things that I have to remind myself, like when pork chop does something, like we're all living and learning. Um, I'm definitely still living and learning. There's so many things that I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I, I learned that lesson the hard way. And pork chop is living and learning every single day. And when he makes a mistake or doesn't get it right or whatever it is I'm just like oh like oopsie or just like oh oopsie like let's try again and I I have such a different approach with him than I have with myself and this is something I've really been thinking about especially a lot lately it's like I have so much patience and love and compassion and empathy for him but when I'm doing similar things for myself I don't have any of those things sometimes and I've really stopped to think about like and in some moments, like if I'm doing something new for the first time and it's not perfect, like, of course it's not. It's the first time that I'm doing it. I wouldn't expect pork chop. I wouldn't just hand him like a crayon and be like, all right, buddy, write the alphabet now or something. Like, you know, I think that applying some of the things that I apply to not just my child, but children in general, it's like we're all just living and learning and growing and learning lessons. And like, you're not always going to get it right. You're going to make mistakes. And like, that's okay. And to still, like, that doesn't mean that you are a bad person, right? And just having some of that more love and compassion and empathy for the self has really changed since I've become a mother. Um, lesson number four, boundaries are life. <laughs> 
And my need and desire for boundaries has increased. Um, I, I mean, you heard me very, you know, clearly ask for a boundary at the beginning of this episode to just ask that if you're going to say something unkind about my child, just please don't. That's just, you know, a boundary for me that I feel like children should be off limits. And I just, I really learned to love and embrace just some good, clear, respectable boundaries, not just for myself, but also for the sake of pork chop. And I started putting new boundaries down in my life just to best serve him. So not only like boundaries on other people, like, oh, you know, visits from friends or family or whatever should be like, you know, usually like X amount of time long so he doesn't get too overwhelmed or overstimulated or you know, when he was first born, like, you know, we want people to wear a mask around, just like things like that, but also boundaries for myself. Like I don't look at my email inbox during certain times. Um, I think I just shared in the last episode, you know, I, I work part-time now. Um, I have about three days a week that are full work days, two days a week that are just full mom days. And then weekends are a question mark. And, you know, on my days that are just full mom days, like I really don't, I really don't do a lot of work, not at least when he's awake. And that's a boundary that I've set for myself that when I am working, I will be working. But like when I'm not, when I'm being present with him, like I'm going to be with him. And these boundaries are essential and they also really help to serve like my greatest good and my happiness. And I have found that being more assertive at times and just be like, oh, no, thank you. Or we're not doing that. Or, you know, I, I don't think that's the right step for us right now. It's also become easier. It's like the more that you do it, the easier it becomes. I'm not saying it's ever like just easy, um, at least not for me. It's not. But like boundaries are just life and they really are great. And there's definitely a way to just like set clear, you know, kind boundaries. And I firmly believe that people who do not respect your boundaries or don't like that you're setting boundaries may have been taking advantage of the fact you didn't have any to begin with. So, you know, I find that anyone that really loves and respects me also love and, you know, maybe not love, but they at least respect my boundaries too. And vice versa. Like, when someone sets a boundary with me, I'm like, you go, like you set those boundaries. Like that's, you know, amazing. And I may not always like that, you know, someone set a particular boundary, but like, I respect the fact that they're choosing to set that boundary. And like, that's absolutely okay. So lesson number four, boundaries are life. Have you ever started your meditation and what you thought felt like a comfortable position only to find out that after a while you started slouching or part of your leg or foot started to fall asleep and soon the meditation was no longer about relaxing your mind but it was about enduring the discomfort. I know I have been there which is why I'm so grateful that I have found Unglue because they design meditation seats for people who need a little extra support. So if you're someone who thinks that they can't sit cross-legged on the ground this might help you get out of that chair and closer to the ground and have a more grounding designated place for your meditation practice and I love these seats because they help to support and cushion the back hip knees and ankles and they're very lightweight and portable and they can be set up in 30 seconds which is amazing and exclusively for our listeners unglue is offering us $20 off their top selling meditation seats so run do not walk for this deal you just go to unglueungloo.com and use code MIM20 for $20 off This episode is brought to you by Schedule 35. 
Over the past few years, the acceptance of microdosing psychedelic mushrooms as a medical treatment has grown slowly but steadily, and microdosing is a practice that involves taking one-tenth of a standard trip amount so that one's senses aren't affected to the point of full hallucination, but perception sharpens, mood is boosted, and your daily quality of life is vastly improved. Now, documentaries and TV series like Netflix fantastic fungi and Hulu's Nine Perfect Strangers have helped set the stage for a more open mushroom conversation. And today we are at an exciting time in society as we see many states moving towards acceptance of psilocybin. And I am excited to share Schedule 35, which is a Canadian-based startup in the psychedelic space aimed to providing quality and easy-to-understand products for those interested in the benefits of microdosing. Now, I will say that I also advise those interested to check with their local and state regulations, of course, to determine if they're able to purchase. And if you're interested, you can go check out Schedule 35 co and use code mindful to get 15% off your order. That's code mindful to get 15% off your order today. Okay, the fifth lesson that I have learned is patience and presence makes everything better, but that doesn't mean that it is easy. So I kind of touched on this a little bit in the last lesson, but I really have honed in on my, or honed in, I guess I've really been working on my ability to be present and to be patient because these are things that I have needed tenfold since becoming a parent. And, you know, I, and maybe this was very like naive and ignorant of me, but like, I always felt like I was pretty good at being present. You know, maybe this is my ego being like, oh, I'm a meditation teacher. Like I should be good at being, you know, present, but the need for me to be both like present and like mindful and patient at the same time truly has just like increased like tenfold. I get frustrated. You know, my patience is tested. I, you know, sometimes find myself getting distracted. Like I'm trying to be present with pork chop, but I'm thinking about like a work thing. Right. And these are all like very normal feelings. And like, it's okay to feel frustrated. It's okay to like struggle it's okay like this is all just a part of like getting to know yourself and again sometimes this goes back to that guilt thing but like being frustrated or you know thinking about work when with your children like that doesn't mean that you are a bad parent at all like when you have those moments like you are also still like a human and something that I've just really personally been working on is just being present and being patient and I, th- I mean, really, that's it. Like, that doesn't mean that it it's, makes it any easier. But there's just many times where, I mean, patience, I think, is a wonderful thing. It's something that, you know, serves me well as a parent. Because let me tell you, there is, like, only a particular, like, there is, like, a next level of patience that is required when you have a toddler, especially a very, as, you know, I think that woman said in Target, a very zesty child, like pork chop. And, you know, he's funny and awesome and a piece of work and busy and, you know, all the like just and he's smart, but like sometimes an evil genius and it can be frustrating and like it's okay to feel frustrated, but also, you know, that doesn't make me like a bad person. But I think that just being present, not only like present when I'm with him, but like being present with my emotions, it really helps to just 
be present with like, this is how I'm feeling or like, okay, this is going on. And I've just found that really trying to be more present in life and being patient not only has served me better as a parent, but it's something that's just been serving me well in general. And it's something that I will continue to work on. And I'm finding that it's it's helping to bring a little more ease into my life. So that's definitely a lesson um, that I've learned. Lesson number six, uh, it's okay to ask for help but it's also okay to say no. So please 100%, no, 1000% of the time when you need help, please ask for it. Please ask for it. There is nothing, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. It's okay though on the flip side to also say no. If someone is offering something and you don't need it or you don't want it, like that's okay too. And to me, it's like this lesson is where boundaries and patience and presence like intersect at knowing when you need help or recognizing when you need or even just want help. I I want to clarify that like even if you want help, that's okay. Like it's okay to ask for help. You don't have to wait until you're like, oh my gosh, I'm at the end of my rope and I just need some help. Like if you want some help, you just want to handle something, like it is okay to ask. But also it's okay to politely decline too and to say no and to just be like, you know, thank you so much for offering. But you know, I really I really don't need this or, you know, thank you so much, but I just, I don't think that that's the right choice for us right now. And that both of these things are okay. Like something that I really learned is like asking for help is not a weakness. Saying no doesn't mean I'm mean. And that those, you know, those things can, can coexist and that it's important to not let others tell you what you need and to really try to stay connected to like who you are and what you need and being honest with that. And so do I need help? That's a yes. Ask for some help you know, do I need this help that's being offered? And if the answer is no, then that's okay too to say no. And just really like staying in tune with who you are and what you personally need. And then, you know, making decisions based on that, that that's really, that's something that I've really started to think a lot about. And I've always been someone, again, my therapist and I talk a lot about this, but perfectionism can show up in many different ways. For me personally, my perfectionism shows up in wanting to just do everything myself. And a lot of it is just like, well, you know, I tell myself like, oh, I'll just be faster if I do it. Or, oh, well, they wouldn't do it right anyways, right? And I haven't even given them a chance to try to do it. So then I take everything on. I'm like, oh, I'll do it. 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 And then before I know it, I'm like at the end of my rope. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have all these things to do. And I'm so overwhelmed and I'm feeling stressed and like I'm not being present and I'm cranky and all of these things. And it's like, I don't need to be doing everything. And that's how like my perfectionism shows up in my life. It shows up in many different ways for different people. So really embracing, like asking for help or like delegating something to someone else or letting someone else do something, even if it's not necessarily the way that you would have done it. And like, that's okay too. But, you know, being able to politely decline someone's offer for help too, if you don't necessarily need it. Like this is something that I just didn't really embrace until I became a mother and you know, there is more at stake and there was just more on my plate than ever before. So the seventh and final lesson that I have learned from a year and a half of motherhood is connecting to the true self is essential. And I know you guys hear me talk about the true self all the time on this podcast. And I just want to like even double down on it because to me, the true self is like the inner compass. It is what points you to your true north. And I questioned myself a lot as a mother, like, especially at the beginning, I, you know, questioned all these decisions I was making. I was, I found myself, and this is not to bash, you know, um, 
Facebook mom groups. If you are in a mom's group on Facebook and you enjoy it, yippee for you. That is amazing. High fives. That is incredible. Like do what fills your cup. I found that wasn't quite the right place for me because I get very overwhelmed with like a lot of opinions or advice, um, you know, quickly. And that just wasn't quite the right space for me. And that's just like, that's something that I learned about myself. So I removed myself from like those groups and things because I just found it didn't quite serve me the best way. doesn't mean it wouldn't serve you or someone else the best way. It just wasn't the best place for me. And, you know, when I was struggling with, with breastfeeding, I had to just reconnect with the true self and be like, okay, is this a, you know, a truth or a thought? It was definitely a thought. And then I had to connect and be like, okay, what, how do I really feel about this? You know, how do I really feel about, you know, just all of these things? I had to just reconnect with my true self. And I struggled a lot during motherhood of like, who am I now? And I think I attached so much of my identity to not only my, like, my business and this podcast, but also my ability to produce and be like productive. And when that was, you know, suddenly decreased by a lot, I really struggled with like, well, who am I if I'm not like, you know, this Kelly that's, you know, doing these things and doing these pop-up trainings and this and that and all this stuff. And I really, really had to work on reconnecting and getting to know myself again and to recognize that, yes, I'm also a mother and things are different and I am different, but like my soul, that's still the same. And staying connected to that space and doing things that feel good to my soul, like that has been essential for me and just keeping my happiness and staying on my path, even as it's been changing over the last like year and a half. And I will also say that one, this is something that I want to model for Porkchop because I want him to feel connected to his true self and to feel like he can be secure in who he is and that it feels good to do what, you know, feeds your soul and what resonates with you. But it also has helped me a lot with my personal parenting decisions, parenting decisions and again, you know, my my baby, my boobs, my problem. But I think when it comes to like parenting decisions, you know, we all, again, we're just doing the best we can with what we have. And for me, and, you know, there's there's a lot of opinions out there. There's a lot of options. I mean, there's so many things where I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize there's 8,000 opinions on like what baby spoon is the best baby spoon to give your child who got teeth early like pork chop like all this stuff I'm like oh my gosh there's a lot of people that feel really strongly about these things that I didn't even know existed and for me to not get overwhelmed with that was I just had to like slow down hit the pause button turn inward and be like okay like Kelly what spoon decision you know seems like the right choice for you and for pork chop and then I would come to that conclusion and then I would use that spoon. And it, you know, and that's such like a trivial example, but, you know, even other things like when I was struggling with breastfeeding and it's like, okay, how do I really feel about it? Like what's really important to me? And just connecting to the true self, like reassessing that and just, you know, just staying true to who I am. And that to me, like connecting with the true self has been essential and something that I just don't, you know, I, I don't know how I would have, you know, survived this, you know, such a transition without being connected to that space. So even though I was just a total like true self lover and connecting the true self lover from the get go, like now I'm really on board with the true self because it just, I think it just helps with everything with decision-making with when you're having big life transitions, like just staying, trying your best to stay connected with who you are just really helps with everything. 
So that is that. I hope that maybe something in this episode either resonated with you or made you think, or even if it's just hearing that, you know, your baby had a helmet too, and you know, you're not alone, or you struggled with breastfeeding and you're not alone, or, you know, oh, I, you know, I too found myself getting overwhelmed, like baby spoons or whatever it is. Um, I just, that's it. That's all that I have to share. I appreciate you listening and also creating a supportive space where it feels good to me and um, feels right to me to share this particular episode, especially after just choosing to keep it private. Um, You all are just so good and kind to me and loving. And, you know, I appreciate you all so, so much. And just go out and do something kind for someone today because it might absolutely just make their whole like month or year. And maybe it could last them a lifetime. So wherever you are, I hope that you are doing well. And I just wish you all the best. And I am sending you a giant big hug.